Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hey yo, Fro Podcast listeners, help us out. Click subscribe so we can get your support today. You know that our, our loyal followers are the lifeblood of this podcast. Thank you so much for tuning into this live episode of the Fro Wrestling Podcast. Hopefully tonight we will get to get to as many of your questions as possible. We will cover all the news and things going on in the world of professional wrestling. Most importantly, we'll keep going with our 256 tag team tournament. You guys started the voting for last week. was awesome. I could not have asked for a better response. You guys are amazing. Don't forget, pop on over. If you would like to become a patron of our podcast, go to the patron.com slash Fro Wrestling Podcast page and become a patron today. Every person who signs up gets some kind of incentive, whether it be a shout-out in our comments section, all the way through being a live broadcaster with me over the phone doing a live podcast episode that we could customize and put together together and really do something that will really make you happy and make you feel more a part of the show. And thank you for all those people who have already contacted me to ask about those questions. So, moving on, welcome to the live episode. This is episode 3 of the live podcast. This is... Because quickly becoming my favorite thing to do with everybody because I have had such a great response from you guys and you guys have been so wonderful tuning in every week it means the world to me this episode the live fan voting for round two of the tag team tournament I am launching this minute it is live now so feel free if you're tuning into this podcast and you want to get started on that tournament your votes your selections are what are going to determine who our fans choose as the greatest tag team of all time a lot of great matches were in the first round there's some bizarre ones going on in the second round i'm going to be talking about some of the highlight matches in the second round of the tournament that you guys are going to be voting on you're the fantasy bookers what you want to do is what takes precedent this is not me i'm not voting i don't get a vote in this this is all for the fro wrestling podcast fans as we go through the show, feel free to call in to our Fro Wrestling Sound Off hotline. The phone number is area code 267-642-1160. It will put you into our speech-to-text software. Your questions will pop up and comments and whatnot will pop up on the screen for me, and I can address those immediately. If you are an avid listener of the podcast, if you are a regular follower of the program, by all means, take that number down. Keep it in your cell phone. Feel free to send messages throughout the week. I can always get to them whenever we do a live episode i would rather address your questions live on the air i don't like giving you some scripted choreographed thing off the air and then you don't feel like it's as personal i'd rather address what you guys want to talk about live on the air so if you have anything that pops up whether it's tonight during this broadcast or anytime during the week by all means feel free pop onto that hotline 267-642-1160 and give me any questions comments concerns things you just can't remember want me to talk about topics from the past present the future i am one of those like sponges for pro wrestling history and i am more than happy to talk about whatever whenever wherever you guys want about this the the topic of professional wrestling i'm not an expert in every area in the world but i try to be as big an expert as i can be on as many territories as i can be 
and hopefully you guys find what we do here at the Fro Wrestling Podcast entertaining. We'll try to get to as many comments from you guys throughout the show as we can based on what I see pop up on the screen. Um, so let's get things started right away. I'm going to first look at the round two of the tournament before I get to today's news, just because when I was tallying the votes from round one, and I saw who was going to end up facing who in round two. I got so happy about this first matchup that I just felt like, you know what? I know there's news out there in the world of professional wrestling. We have about an hour to chit-chat tonight. So, you know, I'll get to all those topics. But I had to get to the tournament because you guys seem to love this tournament thing. And I, I love that. So, in round two, block one of the tournament, we got two matches that really struck me as being awesome. First one, the one that really put a smile on my face. The Twin Towers, Akeem and the Big Boss Man taking on the natural disasters, Earthquake and Typhoon. Talk about a bizarre tag team match, one that has never happened, but it's going to happen now for the first time on this podcast in this fantasy fan booking 256 tag team tournament. Uh, remember, pop over to the links at ProLifePlanning.com slash fanpoll to enter your votes. That match, I, I'll be honest with you, when Akeem and the Boss Man first came out, I thought they really booked Boss Man strong. Akeem was always like that upper card guy who never would get the win over somebody like a Hulk Hogan or a Randy Savage, but he was in every match. And then you brought the Boss Man in, who, when he first hit the WWE ring, you really believed he had a shot to beat Hulk Hogan. You thought he was a legitimate threat to Hulk Hogan and his legacy. All the way to the night that the Mega Powers, Hogan and Savage, went against Akeem and the Boss Man, and you really got the sense that Hogan and Savage may have lost the match, despite the fact that Randy Savage turned on Hogan and was in the back with Elizabeth, and Hogan had to fight off Akeem and the Boss Man by himself. In that match, you actually got the sense that you may see Hulk Hogan lose a match and get pinned. And the natural disasters, I mean, in all seriousness, it's strange how these people link together so much, but Earthquake going against Hulk Hogan, fantastic match at SummerSlam, the year that um, Earthquake debuted, and then Typhoon was originally Tugboat, um, who was a buddy of Hulk Hogan's when he was still a babyface. So what a cool co combination for this second round matchup. The other one that really jumps out at me, and those who are popping over to the ProLifePlanning.com slash fanpoll page are seeing some of these matches pop up already, is the Brothers of Destruction, Kane and The Undertaker. Now when I, when I look at them, I thought to myself, who is going to have any chance against these guys in this tournament? And I think that really depends on the kind of fan voting. So here's what I mean by that. If you're a younger fan, someone who has been watching wrestling for, you know, the last 10 years or, or less, and you're all about like the Shield and teams like that, um, you may put the Brothers of Destruction on a pedestal where they are untouchable. And I understand that. I'm not even disagreeing with that. But what I would tell you is, for those people who are long-term fans who know who some of these other teams are, some of them do pose a legitimate threat if you're being open-minded to the Brothers of Destruction. And one of them they match up with here in the second round, and that's Teddy Long's Skyscrapers, Dan Spivey, and Sid Vicious. When they hit the NWA in 1987, it was phenomenal they looked the part they played the part Sid was so green so young but at the same time so devastating I remember the first time I saw them come out it was on NWA Worldwide and they were playing that music that eventually became synonymous with Sid Vicious every time he was in WCW but when it wasn't Sid Vicious prior to that it was the skyscrapers music there's nothing you could possibly take away from The Undertaker and Kane. They've been amazing throughout their careers whenever they've paired up. But the Skyscrapers, despite the fact that they had a very short run, had a very formidable one. For those who do not remember, the Skyscrapers were the ones who took the Road Warriors and were laying out the Road Warriors at Clash of Champions 10 and, and, and events like that. So definitely a legit threat to the Brothers of Destruction. I'm not saying that I expect that to happen in the voting, but definitely something that is open to at least discussion. Let's get going with some of the news of today. We're going to start with Matt Hardy. Matt Hardy was in the news talking on Twitter about how he wants to face the Bucks of Youth in a WWE ring. Now, we all know the the, the Young Bucks have a contract that runs for another 18 months. That's not something new. We all know that. But what is interesting to me about this is Matt Hardy typically 
A company cannot negotiate with somebody when they're under contract with someone else. But that has nothing to do with whether Matt Hardy can express his interest and desires in competing with these guys at some point. And the reality is, this is a match I think everybody wants to see in a WWE ring. My only concern, if this ever comes to fruition, is that I don't know that WWE either A, respects, or B, understands how to use the Young Bucks. The Young Bucks have benefited from being able to pretty much book anything they want to book on the independent scene. People trust their way of wrestling, they trust their insight, they trust their creativity, and it has allowed the the Young Bucks to be extremely popular, extremely over everywhere they go. They've won championships all over the world, it's a beautiful thing, and I don't know if WWE, I don't think Vince McMahon even knows who they are. Triple H, I'm sure he does. He has been very diligent in really familiarizing himself with as many of the talents around the world as he can, especially with the advent of things like the UK tournament, the women's tournament, all the talents he's brought in from Ring of Honor, you know, things like that. So obviously Triple H is more attuned to what else is going on out there, but that does not mean that he's a huge fan of someone's work. Um, I've seen plenty of compliments in this past several months from people talking about the Young Bucks who are premier talents in WWE, but that does again doesn't necessarily resonate with Vince McMahon. Vince McMahon is the one who has to make this happen if it's ever going to happen. And as the uh, the Young Bucks said only a couple weeks ago, I think it was last week, if it doesn't happen in the next eighteen months at the end of their contract, it's probably not going to happen. They're doing very well for themselves on the independent scene. In other news, Jim Ross today confirmed that he will be calling the WWE Women's Tournament that's going to be held, the 32-woman tournament. They're going to be representing uh, women on 18 different countries. This should be an interesting tournament, and it's great to know for sure that you're going to have a commentator who can really bring some life and excitement to those matches. And the reason I feel like that's so much more important in this scenario than in some of the others is, and I'm not trying to be mean, but there are not... 32 people out there who can wrestle like Charlotte, like Sasha Banks, like Bailey, like Alexa Bliss, Naomi. There's just not. Not that they're going to sign. You know, they're going to bring in people who, yes, they may be extraordinarily talented somewhere, but they don't have the familiarity. I mean, keep in mind, something as basic as some of the mo- a lot of the promotions on the independent scene use 15 foot by 15 foot rings. It's the same size that WCW used to use. WWE is a 20 foot by 20 foot ring. Your timing is a huge part of the performance in professional wrestling. If their timing is off, then I'm concerned how the matches will come off. Will these look like solid performances or will this come off being lackluster and you hate to see them put so much emphasis on this women's tournament and for it not to be successful so i'm really hoping that they find a way to really make that uh pop and and jim ross is only the first piece of that puzzle i actually wouldn't be surprised if we saw uh nigel mcginnis call that show as well i think he is he's just phenomenal on the mic it's a shame he ended his career as soon as he did but i expect he'll probably be a part of that as well uh, the other tidbit of news we're going to do in our first segment here is Tommaso Ciampa. Uh, he, he's hurt. He was in a match, a house show, and he ended up hurting his ankle. Now, there was speculation right away. Everybody was saying that uh, you know there, there's somebody recording new entrance music for him that was blurbed on Twitter. And um, it re- right away, everybody thought, you know, DIY is splitting up. And then this happens where he hurts his ankle. Uh, Triple H, I don't know if it's a work or a shoot, tried to put over that uh, he just had a really bad ankle roll. The referee threw up the X sign and ended the match promptly because they have a huge match at NXT TakeOver coming, a ladder match against the Authors of Pain. And um, I don't know. I, I understand if you want to split the team, if you think one of them is ready for the main roster but not the other. But I don't see the merit in splitting them if they're not going to the main roster. These two guys tear the house down and in all seriousness they're one of the few teams that pose even a remotely believable threat to the authors of pain and if you eliminate this tag team who's next you're going to put the authors of pain against sanity i guess that's a possibility but who's the face and who's the heel in that match you know at some point you got to have tag teams there and really establish your tag team brand to the level that people believe that every time the tag team champions defend their title belts that they could switch hands and that's not going to be the case if DIY uh splits up and you got Blake and Murphy you know they're out right now because of injury you know who's going to challenge the authors of pain if if you just do that all the time look at that i got a blip going off on my text message alert i wonder who this is oh we got a question coming in oh look they're giving me big words all right, so let's go with our first question. I don't really know this person, so I'm, I'll just... They gave themselves an interesting name. The name is Barry Larry Harry. 
I'll, I'll take it. Barry Larry Harry, he says, How long do I think Brock Lesnar is going to stay with WWE since he doesn't love wrestling? That's a great question. Brock Lesnar, look, uh, and I'm actually going to talk about Brock a little later in the episode, but the guy didn't get into this business because he was a diehard wrestling fan. He didn't grow up watching it on television. It's really, he professional wrestling didn't become a part of his deal until well into his life. Um, the issue, I think, for Brock is, is if you, if you always, um, you only promote people who were diehard fans, you miss out on so much athletic ability. Now, don't get me wrong. You know, we talked last week about how um, th- there were there were people who have been in the professional wrestling business who used to be diehards, and I think it was Steve Kern was saying how he loved to train those people because they just eat, sleep, and breathe the business. Um, but that that's not the way it is anymore. You know, the, 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 the WWE brings people in who are former football players. They bring in people and that, that have some kind of athletic background that's not professional wrestling. And then they try to teach them the art craft or the art form of professional wrestling. And the concern with that is, is if you're not someone who has been a diehard and you, you come into the, the WWE, at some point, if... Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. If you don't love this and you're just putting on a character, you really don't belong out there. Now I, I know Brock Lesnar always comes out um, and, and says that he doesn't he doesn't expect uh, er, to ever be a, a diehard fan and things like that, and he doesn't want to be bombarded by fans and sign a bunch of autographs and take a bunch of pictures, which is nonsense because I have a beautiful picture side by side with Brock. Who, he's the only man on the planet I've ever stood next to who makes me look small, and trust me, that's doing something because at the time I took that picture, I was like two hundred and eighty pounds. Make me look small, but you know I don't think he loves everything about the professional wrestling business, but I do think he loves and enjoys the performance side, the performance aspect of the professional wrestling business. So I have no reason to believe that when his contract is up, um, that he won't re-sign. I, I really don't. I, I actually think that he is enjoying this 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 uh, current contrast or current contract because it allows him some freedom to be off when a lot of people would prefer he was the active performer. I That's why I wouldn't have put the universal title on him. But in addition... He gets this great schedule, but he also gets to stay on top, even without the title. You put Brock in a match, and it's automatically going to be one of the premier matches at any pay-per-view. So I think he will probably stick around for quite a while. The guy is relatively young still, especially in pro wrestler years. I know he said in the past he doesn't want to wrestle forever. I don't expect him to, but I don't necessarily think he's ready to hang up the boots either. So... We'll have to see. I'm going to move on to some of the matches in round two of the tag tournament. Again, blocks two and three. One that I, I'm sure there's going to be people saying that I'm nuts for, and it's, it's purely my own personal preference. I'm not calling anybody else's opinion wrong. But at the top of that uh, second block, we have Chuck and Billy, who had Rico as their manager. They played the uh, alternative lifestyle tag team that I found to be thoroughly entertaining and... Um, Actually, I think after their their gimmick started to fizzle out a little bit, and they they ended up going with um, t- they turned they went from being heels turning into baby faces, and they feuded with Three Minute Warning, who were led by Rico, who switched on them. Um, I actually thought that they got even better, and then WWE broke them up, and I never understood that. But I thought Chuck and Billy, for the better part of a year, had a run with those tag titles, and they were awesome. They were the ones, if anybody remembers, who lost the tag team championship to Edge and Hulk Hogan on the Fourth of July. Talk about a cool angle. Um, so Chuck and Billy in the second round are going to take on the New Age Outlaws because remember the formula. I told you guys that when I started the podcast, the podcast last week that when I did this tournament, I intentionally set up the matches to eliminate same wrestlers who had multiple representations in the tag team tournament. So you know Billy Gunn being out there, uh, he I had him in the Smoking Guns in the first round. You guys knocked out the Smoking Guns to the New Age Outlaws, which I thought was a cool matchup. And now you've got Chuck and Billy going against the New Age Outlaws. I understand the accolades of the Outlaws, I do, and their staying power since they can come back whenever they want and they still get a huge pop. That doesn't mean Chuck and Billy weren't just as entertaining. It's just my opinion. 
The One of the other matches that really grabs me is The Decay from TNA Impact Wrestling going against The Gangsters from ECW. I know on the surface that probably seems like a horrific, terrible match, but there's something cool to me about the gangsters who I never felt like were great workers. I think New Jack was a relatively better worker than Mustafa. And then you've got, I mean, who doesn't love Abyss? You know, a guy who idolizes Mick Foley and will damage his own body to such a degree that's ridiculous. And, you know, you throw Crazy Steve in there just because. But actually, Crazy Steve has turned out to be a relatively good worker. So another interesting tag team match on the docket there, the Decay versus the Gangsters. We have the Revival. Versus the Young Bucks, which for me is about as exciting a potential future match as there is. I know we just got done talking about the Hardys and the Young Bucks, and yeah, that sounds great, but we've already seen that. I want to see the Revival versus the Young Bucks in a WWE ring at some time in the future. I think it would be nothing but money. As a matter of fact, I would like to see that a whole lot more than probably the Young Bucks and anybody in the world right now. You know, they've already faced a lot of the really top teams on the independent circuit, Rapongi Vice, you know, Gorillas of Destiny, people like that. I want to see the Young Bucks against some of WWE's best. WWE has really been going out of their way to try to build this tag team division. In a lot of ways, it's been a futile effort because people haven't responded the way I'm sure they wanted them to. But they've given it a great effort. And the Revival, easily, after you heard their reaction when they debuted on Raw, everybody went nuts for them. I think they have got such a bright future. And they really are the face of tag team wrestling. I pray to God that WWE doesn't split that team up ever. Let them be old school tag team partners till they die. You know, that that's the kind of thing. So, and the next one, the next match is easily, it, this is probably my favorite match in the entire second round. The Hardy Boys taking on the fabulous Freebirds. Another one that you never would have had a chance to get. I, I When I saw who was going to end up facing who, I thought this was intriguing because Michael Hayes was their manager when they were first getting started as a successful tag team. And now you're seeing Matt and Jeff go against, you know, Michael Hayes, Jimmy Garvin, or whatever variation of the Freebirds you want to put in there. I think Hayes and Garvin or, or Hayes and Gordy have to be your choice. Um, and see who you guys choose to win that match. I suspect the younger audience will instantly go for the Hardys. I suspect the older audience will ex- automatically go for the fabulous Freebirds. It'll be curious to see what you guys choose. I'm, I'm very curious. The last match in these two blocks that I really want to look at is Big John Stud and his partner King Kong Bundy, back when they were in the Heenan family, taking on the Colossal Connection, Andre the Giant and Haku. Now, that may seem lopsided, You know, Stud and Bundy seem maybe a little bit lopsided against Andre and Haku. However, because especially since Andre was later on in his career. However, I need to highlight the fact that Haku and Andre won the tag team championships. Stud and Bundy never did. As a matter of fact, Stud and Bundy never really won anything except for squash matches. Whenever they got into high profile matches, they didn't win. Andre and Haku... They went to WrestleMania as the tag team champions. The team that ended Demolition's extremely long run with the tag team titles was the Colossal Connection. And then they ended up regaining the championships at WrestleMania. But, you know, interesting tag tag team match. Don't forget, if you're wanting to call in and leave a question or a comment, feel free to dial into our Fro Wrestling Sound Off line, 267-642-1160. Send us your thoughts, your questions, your comments, your concerns, whatever it is that pops into your mind, and we will try to get to it in this broadcast. I'm going to move on to what is probably considered the biggest news story of the week that doesn't even have a resolution yet. I'll be curious to see what the resolution is, and that is the news that Five Star Wrestling in the United Kingdom have offered a million dollars to CM Punk to come out of retirement and enter their 128-man single uh, singles tournament that they're going to be holding. It's going to span a roughly 30 weeks, and they're going to bring in some of the best talent around the world. And the owner of Five Star Wrestling was very upfront with the wrestling fans that he has been reaching out to CM Punk since 2015. He's wanted mm-hmm. him in the company. That when he they ask fans who they want to see, who they want to have in the matches, his name is synonymous with all the other names that come up. And so this is obviously a huge focal point of their uh, branding. Now, of course, CM Punk is currently signed to UFC, but it does not sound like Dana White is ever going to give the guy a shot to have a second match, which is kind of bizarre. I mean, 
the amount of pay-per-view buys that CM Punk generated for his first match, I get it. He lost in a few seconds to Mickey Gall or whatever. So I understand the concern there that he loses again. But diehard wrestling fans are not going to give up on CM Punk because he lost one fight. There are plenty of fighters who have lost their first fight, come back and done very well in their subsequent fights. And I'm hoping that CM Punk, if he's going to get stuck in UFC, gets that opportunity sooner than later. The longer we wait, the the rougher it's going to be. But um, this offer is interesting. And CM Punk actually came out and made not a direct response, but what he ended up doing was he had a response where he, a fan t- sent him a question saying they would pay him $1.1 million to show up at a, a parking lot somewhere and, you know, at a Wawa or something like that. And he made reference to wanting half of the money up front and half of the hoagie at the end or something like that. It was some ridiculous tweet, but at least he's aware of it now. I have a comment just popped in. So it says, so I'm guessing for 1 million, he won't be eliminated in the first round. He darn well better not be eliminated in the first round. I think the fans are dying to see CM Punk probably more than anybody except maybe Daniel Bryan. And I would assume the, the million dollars, my understanding is it's it's not a one-time offer. This would be something where that would be his ongoing contract in subsequent years. And CM Punk, I mean, look, you can't convince me that a guy who was so passionate about the wrestling business in the past doesn't still have that fire somewhere inside. I know he said in the past, I've done everything there is to do in the world of professional wrestling. Well, you've never won a 128-man tournament. You've never competed against 128 of the best. And and I, piggybacking on what we said last week during the last live broadcast, in a lot of ways, the independent wrestling scene could easily be considered better than WWE. We had the same conversation with um, Johnny Mantell last week on that live interview. If anybody wants to pop on and check out the interview, it's on our feed. But Johnny Mantell had the same opinion. The independent scene in professional wrestling is significantly better in a lot of ways than all of WWE programming because guys get to actually perform. Not all this talking and all these stage theatrics. It's just the wrestling. I will tell you, any day of the week, the, 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 one of the best main events we saw on Raw this whole year was the one with Dean Ambrose versus Seth Rollins versus Finn Balor. And, or, I'm sorry, versus uh, The Miz. It was a great match, but I'll take a Marty Skrull versus Will Ospreay match any day of the week over that. You know, the Samoa Joe-Seth Rollins match at the pay-per-view, great match, except I would take any day of the week. I'll take Ricochet taking on Will Ospreay. You know, I'll take Matt Riddle versus, you know, you name it. Like, those are the matches that really are the best actual in-ring wrestling. It's almost like WWE compared to the indies now is almost like WWE compared to the NWA in the past. The WWE has the best production value in the world. They've got the highest budget in the world. The NWA at the time had the best in-ring product, but they couldn't compete for the, the production value, the appearance. And now it's that way with the independents. The independents have become the NWA of the past where they can bring in any talent they want. They can put on any kind of match they want. They can let their guys go out there and tear the house down. And you don't have to worry about the investors because you're a publicly traded company. And you don't have to worry about a PG environment. You can do whatever you need to do, whether that's cage matches, high-flying flips, dives. That's the big buzzwords of the last week or so. Dive, dive. You can do that and still be entertaining. And I hope that's what they do. I have another question here popping in from Russ H. 1992, who's asking why WWE does polls on WWE.com asking about who we want to see return if they have no intention of actually bringing anyone back. I know where that's coming from. I guess earlier this week they had a poll up asking uh, which faction, I think it was which faction you wanted to return to the company, or maybe it was a tag team or something like that. They were asking fan voting for who you wanted to come back. And there was, I forget what the choices were, and I apologize because I I obviously wasn't prepared for this question. But my point is they ask these questions all the time. Who would you like to see challenge Brock Lesnar for the world title? That one's up there right now, too. And you know what? They have no idea. It's totally split. You know, why ask the questions? Let the fans feel like they're influencing your booking decisions when you have no intention of actually doing any of that stuff. That's a great question. I wish I knew the answer to that. It's almost like they like to tease their fans, really. You know, I, I really I want to I really want to say I think it was the faction thing. And there was stuff like uh, Nexus and uh Degeneration X and the Four Horsemen. As a matter of fact, now I know that's what it was because I remember the Four Horsemen were on the list and I thought, how in God's name were they going to do that? But yeah, it's a great question. It's a great question. I, I don't know who in WWE thinks that stuff up, but that's horrible. Wrestling Inc.'s Raj Geary 
had an interview up this week. He spoke to Goldberg. I told you I was going to get to Goldberg a little bit. And the reason I found this to be so newsworthy is is because he discusses his relationship with Brock Lesnar, which a lot of people have theorized that he and Brock don't really get along and that they really didn't want to work together. And I, after reading his comments and comments that I've heard from Brock, I don't think that could be further from the truth. Here's what he had to say today on that uh, interview with Raj Geary. He says, Brock is one of my best friends on the planet. He always has been and always will be. Whether he, we're inside the ring with him, he's done a lot of the things in his life and is the utmost professional. That guy can work his ass off whether we sell two moves or 200 moves. Whether it's the psychology or the simple art of selling, Brock Lesnar is one of the best that has ever been out there. I hope people can appreciate the growth he has made as a person and a character throughout the, these years because he's a pro. He knows what to do to be able to share the ring with him again 13 years far removed from the last time. And like you said, I may be beating a dead horse here, but it was an honor and a privilege. You can't ask for a better endorsement from Goldberg than that. And it really made, he put Brock on a pedestal, but in a lot of ways, maybe he deserves that. You know, a lot of people seem to be giving Brock a hard time all the time because he's, like we were saying earlier, he's not the diehard wrestling fan. He don't, he's not on TV every week. I've seen some great memes this week where people put up, uh, they put up the Loch Ness Monster and Bigfoot and uh, some other creature. And then they put up Brock Lesnar is talking about the things that are like, you know, mythical creatures that no one ever sees. I get it. We want to see that universal title on Raw. That's the figurehead championship of Raw. We haven't seen it in two months. You know, I get it. But as a professional, I think Brock really is the real deal, you know, and that's not just because he's one of my favorite wrestlers. It's because that's that's what his persona has been all along. I want to talk about a couple more matches in the second round of the tag team tournament. We're headed to block four where I, I was when I was setting up the original brackets. I knew I was doing this and I did it for a reason. The New Day. The holders of the longest record holding the WWE Tag Team Championship taking on Demolition, the tag team who previously held the record for the longest. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses that should brighten your day a little actually a lot so sign up now at chumbacasino.com that's chumbacasino.com no purchase necessary btw void were prohibited by law see terms and conditions 18 plus this run with the tag team championship i am going to be honest with you i couldn't care less who you guys choose to win that match i love them both they both deserve to be there and whoever wins deserves to move on in the tournament but i thought that because of the play on the tag team championship runs that i wanted to try to stage that to make sure they ended up in the second round which is very cool another one that may not seem like a big deal to you guys but i find it thoroughly hilarious enzo and Cass, the little man and the big man versus men on a mission mo and mabel again little man big man i know that mabel is like 560 pounds at the time but I love seeing a seven-foot Cass and Mabel get in the ring. I love seeing Enzo, who is pretty much worthless in the ring, go against Mo, who was also worthless in the ring. So very weird, strange dynamic in that match, but I'd be curious to see how you guys vote and what your justification for the votes are. I couldn't, like I said, I, I don't, again, that's another one. I couldn't care less who wins. I'm curious more to see your comments about why you choose who you choose. And by all means, put comments about any of the matches that you see in the tournament in the YouTube comment section. As you know, these episodes that we do for these live podcast episodes, you can re-listen to on the YouTube feed or on the Spreaker feed. Um, so by all means, go in and check that out and put comments in there. Let me know why you cho- choose who you choose. I-, I love that. The last one in that block that really I, I-, I had to set up on purpose, and I-, I said I have to for a reason because it really is a big difference, is the Midnight Express, meaning Beautiful Bobby and Loverboy Dennis Condry taking on the Midnight Express of Beautiful Bobby and Sweet Stan. Dennis Condry and Stan Lane are vastly different wrestlers. I would argue that Bobby Eaton was relatively the same throughout, so he's a wash. But Dennis Condry and Stan Lane both have a lot of perks and a lot of drawbacks to to different points in time when they were in the Midnight Express. I don't know which one you consider to be better. and, And I'll make a case for both. I will say first off with Dennis Condry, this is the version of the Midnight Express that defeats the Rock and Roll Express for the original traditional NWA World Tag Team Championship belts, the ones that had the red leather strap with the really bright gold faceplate. 
that put them in an elite category with the Road Warriors, the Koloffs, the Rock and Roll Express, Manny Fernandez and Rick Rude. Those were the teams that ran with those belts back then. Dusty Rhodes and Manny Fernandez. Like, so there were so many really solid teams back then that had those belts. Ricky Steamboat and Youngblood, the Briscoes. So I have a lot of respect for the Dennis Condry version of the Midnight Express. On the same token, Stan Lane comes into the tag team, and the Midnight Express had really taken a dive in previous years. And then when Stan Lane gets into the team, for a couple years they toil around with the United States Tag Team Championship, and then eventually they take off again to the point that they were feuding with Tully Blanchard and Arn Anderson for the NWA World Tag Team Championship, and they win the championship. They were the ones who took the belts off Arn and Tully as they were leaving it to become the brainbusters in WWE. So, you know, and they're the tag team who laid out the Road Warriors. You know, if you remember back then in, in 86, 87, 88, 89, the Road Warriors were like unbeatable by anybody. These guys come in and they lay out the Road Warriors. You know, they use a tennis racket. They, they're jumping off the top rope. Bobby Eaton dropping a racket across, you know, Road Warrior Animal. Laid them out. And it was believable. And people were actually scared to see their Road Warriors lose a match finally. So I don't know which way you go with this. I think there's not a wrong answer. The last three matches I've said, I said I couldn't care less who wins. I, I, I feel that way. I really don't. I think you couldn't go wrong with any of these. Next tidbit of news, Chris Jericho joined the Busted Open with Dave LaGreca and Larry Douglas uh, podcast yesterday, and he gave some interesting information on his recent run with WWE. He was there for about 13 months, and he said he was originally supposed to win the Universal title at WrestleMania 33. And then he was supposed to drop the title back to Brock Lesnar at Payback. Interesting to know that that was the original plan and that it got changed. And the worst part about that is I don't want to take anything away from Goldberg and Brock Lesnar. I don't. And I know a lot of people weren't thrilled with that feud. But I actually think for what it was and for the age of of Goldberg and the length of time he was out of the business, I think they did relatively well. And I know some people don't agree with me on that. And that's fine. We can agree to disagree. But... um, I thought that Chris Jericho was the number one attraction on Raw for the past year. He and Kevin Owens were just unbelievable. In an age where everything is so scripted and overexposed and we have internet people all the time telling us what's going to happen three months ahead of time, they found a way to make wrestling enjoyable. You know, week in and week out, we'd see the same combination of matches over and over again. We were complaining about that on this very podcast. But you still tuned in every week to see what Chris Jericho and Kevin Owens were going to say. So I think that would have been a better deal was to put the championship on Jericho. Now, of course, if you did that, you couldn't do the whole thing you did with Brock and Goldberg. But you didn't need the belt to do that. And if you had done it the way they were talking about doing it, you could have had Jericho take the title. He would have held it for a month into May. He'd have dropped it to Goldberg at payback, which, whatever. You know, and then you could start doing what you're doing now. But then our world championship would not have disappeared for two months off of television already and four months before it's actually defended. In that scenario, it would only be a two-month layoff with Brock Lesnar and you can make a storyline that allows you to keep the title on him but doesn't denigrate that 30-day defense clause or whatever you want to make it. You could have had him do an injury angle versus whoever he was going to go to great balls of fire and face. And instead, we're stuck with a guy who totally blew off his responsibilities as world champion. So... Interesting to see where that's going to go, but his other comment that I thought was interesting is he also pitched a match at WrestleMania 33 against Shinsuke Nakamura. I think Chris Jericho, much like Triple H is starting to be, and like Seth Rollins and people like that already are, are, are so attuned to what's going on in the independent world. And I love that because Chris Jericho saying that he would have loved to face Nakamura at WrestleMania is a huge compliment to Nakamura. You know, I think that Nakamura is... As good a competitor as anybody in the world right now. Obviously, we all want to see he and AJ, but I don't know what Chris Jericho's future is. You know, a lot of people want to see him against AJ this year. But, unfortunately, that didn't come together yet. That's supposedly the plan for next year. We don't know if Jericho's going to be around next year. I would love to see Jericho get an opportunity to wrestle Nakamura before he leaves. Now, I know he's coming back or whatever, but we don't know how um, how quickly he's going to be back. So, we'll see. I see I have a comment here. It says, Brock's title defense depends on if it's hay season or not. Gotta cut the hay. So true. Man, that guy's got more excuses than than any wrestler I've ever seen in history. You know? I know he's a farm boy from Minnesota, and he likes to stay away from the wrestling business and make sporadic appearances. But for $5 million a year, which is what he got paid last year, show up, man. Just show up a little bit more. And we're not asking you to light the world on fire. You don't even have to wrestle most of the time you show up on Raw. Show up, you know... 
get in the ring, cut a promo. If you have to, drop an F5. You, you know he's working out anyways. Drop an F5. It's like lifting a few weights. And just make the people go home happy. And I really wish that's the direction they would go with this. Make sure you're calling in and leaving your questions and comments on our sound offline, 267-642-1160. With that being said, I have a question from the Brian Stern, who wants to know if I think it's a slap in the face of Charlotte not to get the SmackDown women's title, but Alexa Bliss got the Raw Women's Championship. Wow, that's a good question. You guys come up with some good stuff. I love that. I, you know, I don't know. I, I, I all right. I'll frame the, my response like this: For a year, Charlotte and Sasha were the show. When you started having the first Hell in a Cell, the first women's Iron Man match, like Sasha Banks had with Bailey at, at NXT Takeover, when you start having matches where you're like having this thirteen pay per view undefeated streak and stuff like that, you would think of the two of them, Sasha Banks, or I'm sorry, Alexa Bliss and Charlotte, that Charlotte would be the one who would get the other brand's championship first. She said all these other accolades. You could have given her one more. Instead, you give it to Alexa Bliss. I'm not saying I'm disappointed with Alexa Bliss having the title, but I don't think she's on the level of Charlotte. Um, so, yeah, I, I'm not going to say it's a slap in the face because Alexa Bliss was established as the star on SmackDown before she came over. However, I do think they're taking their time with this Charlotte thing. I don't think the bookers know how to book it. I don't think they know what to do to make it believable, like to make it um, engaging. Naomi as women's champion, she's kind of been looked over. You know, I was thrilled when she got the championship. I still am. I'm happy that a strong African-American woman gets to hold the championship for a change. I actually love that. My concern is, is they don't focus on her. They focus on Charlotte. They focus on the the welcoming committee, the, the, the Natalia, the uh, Carmella and Tamina with, with James Ellsworth. They focus on everything but Naomi. She's the women's champion. They, they keep focusing on Becky Lynch, whether she's going to flip flop or whatever. So... Yeah, I I think her coming to SmackDown, I'm not going to say it's a slap in the face because she won the title because she's still the focal point of the program, whether you have the belt or not. You know, for a long time, look, Brock has the title now, but Brock didn't have the title for a while. Whenever he was on, he was the focal point of the program. I think that's what you want to be. You want to be on top. It doesn't have to be with a belt. It has to be where the fans are watching the most. So, great question. That's a really great question. I'm going to go on to, uh, oh, by the way, just FYI. Please make sure I'm going to shut down the question line. It's going to go down around 945. So you got about six minutes to get questions in because I don't want to miss out on answering any if they pop on. 267-642-1160. So make sure you do that. And if you are still trying to get your votes in, that they are live. Like I said last week, we're going to keep them open now through next Thursday. Get your votes in. There are only seven blocks this week. Uh, so it's a little smaller, obviously, because you guys eliminated half of the competitors last week. Um, but pop on over to ProLifePlanning.com slash FanPoll to enter your votes. And I'm going to cover a couple more of the matches. We're into the block seven, which has three matches I want to talk about. One I, I really would love to see. One I find completely humorous, and one is just bizarre. I'm going to start with the bizarre. Jay and Mark Briscoe of Ring of Honor. If you have never seen Ring of Honor Wrestling, one you cannot consider yourself consider yourself a diehard wrestling fan if you've never seen Ring of Honor. It is easily some of the best wrestling in the world. Just saying that. And if you haven't seen, you don't necessarily have to see Ring of Honor. If you've seen New Japan Pro Wrestling, they've been appearing on their shows as well. So, Jay and Mark Briscoe, they have been Ring of Honor Tag Team Champions. Both have been Ring of Honor World Champion. Um, they are taking on Chronic, Brian Clark and Brian Adams. Adam Bomb and Crush, you know. Um, very funky match. I would be curious to see how that match would go down. I think Chronic had a bad name because when they came to WWE after the purchase of WCW, their timing was just off. And they really didn't gel well with Kane and The Undertaker. They didn't do well with the APA. And they pretty much got written off TV relatively quickly. But before that, when they were in WCW, that was the first tag team that WCW created that I truly, truly enjoyed. And I thought had a, if had WCW stayed in business, would have had a great future. Um, Briscoes, amazing. I mean, they're, they are talented, talented guys. There was rumor about two years ago they were try, thinking about coming to WWE. That didn't happen. They stayed with Ring of Honor. Uh, I'm actually happy for that because we've gotten to see them just grow and grow as professional performers. But um, what an interesting match. And then the next one... The, the one that I consider to be more comical, La Resistance, those French-Canadian guys, whether it was, uh, what was it, Sylvain Grenier, 
and uh, Rob Conway and you know whoever, whatever combination for Law Resistance, taking on the Quebecers, which you know essentially is Jacques Rougeau and uh, Pierre Ouellette, but. Jacques and Ramon were the original uh, Rougeau brothers. And then when Pierre Ouellette came in and Raymond Rougeau left the business, they formed the Quebecers. They held the tag team championships a few times. This is the team that defeated the Steiners for the WWF tag team championship. So they're a legitimate team. And La Resistance actually held the tag team titles uh, as well. And and so relatively evenly split, but I find it, I had to set it up so that these two, the French-Canadian teams could get together. And then the one that I I actually would love to see, Beer Money, which for those who are not big Impact Wrestling fans, Beer Money was James Storm pairing off with Bobby Roode, making a really great tag team for Impact Wrestling, held the Impact Tag Team Championships quite a few times, taking on Money, Inc., Ted DiBiase and Erwin R. Scheister, Mike Rotunda, IRS. Um, Beer Money versus Money, Inc., La Resistance versus the Quebecers and the Briscoe Brothers versus Chronic. So, I again, I, this is another set of three that I couldn't care less how you vote. I really don't care. They're, 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 I, you guys pick it. This is not my voting. It's now time. I'm, I'm going to go to, we just had another question pop up on my message feed. And it's from, I hope I'm pronouncing this. I apologize if I'm not. Karan the Bomb. I'm saying I'm thinking it's Karan K H A R O N Karan the bomb, who's telling me that he he likes the podcast but doesn't know why I don't take live phone calls. You know what? I'm gonna answer that real simply. The technology, man. I am so not a technology guy. I actually went out and bought one of those nifty microphones you plug into your cell phone so you can hear the voice and then have a conversation. And the phone caller sounds like they're right in the room. I was actually going to use that for the interviews that I do for the regular podcast episodes. And unfortunately, every time I use it, it either hangs up on somebody, it you can't hear the speakerphone, or some kind of technical difficulty. And quite frankly, I'm broke, man. You know, I need more of you patrons out there helping me feed the podcast so I can buy better equipment. But that's the gospel truth. That's the only reason I don't do live calling in is because I don't have the technology at my disposal. Or I would love to do that. Um, you know, I, you guys sending the questions are, are fantastic, whether it's on Twitter, through the speaker feed, speaker feed here that I'm getting, or if it's through the phone number. I'll take them any way I can get them. But, yeah, I would love to get you guys on. Now, if for those who go to the patron page, if you end up being a patron contributor, and I believe it is at the $50 level, if, you, if you're doing $50 contribution a month, you will end up podcasting with me through the phone. Now, I, if anybody who has listened to the interviews that I do, uh, the one with Johnny Mantell, the one I did with uh, Dr. Tom Pridgard, things like that, they don't sound terrible. It's obvious the guy's on the phone. You know, I, I'm just being honest, but I have enough equipment that we can do that. That is what we're looking at. So if you are one of those people who wants to be that $50 a month patron, we would love you to begin with. But more importantly, I would send you, you give me your email address. I would send you a podcast run sheet, topics that I think would be interesting to talk about. You can give me your feedback. We can customize it. And then when we get an episode together that you want to talk about, we can go ahead with that. We'll set a date, set up a time, and then run with it. And you can be podcasting with me for the Fro Wrestling Podcast if you are a patron who is a $50 a month contributor. So anybody out there who is willing to do that, don't forget to go to our patron page. It's www.patron.com slash Podcast. We are dying to get our first patron. We have nobody yet. You know, it's tough times, man. I know what's going on, man. Money's tight for me just like it is everybody else. So I am not holding it against my wonderful, loyal fan, uh, fan base. You guys are awesome. I appreciate anything you contribute, even if it's just questions, because they fill these podcast episodes with a ton of fun. So lastly, the, the, one of the topics I really wanted to address, uh, I got an email from somebody who is really frustrated, and, and this this came in right as we were going live, so I didn't get a chance to really find a way to work this in. Um, the women's tournament, they wanted me to look up and see if I could find anything about who else was being scouted to go into the women's tournament. And, of course, I don't have time to do that at the moment. However, um, one of the things I'd like to emphasize is, yes, there are women's wrestlers who are phenomenal talents that will not be represented in the tournament. I get it. Um, if, when you say you're going to have a 32-woman tournament, you would like to see the best 32 women out there. But some are signed. You know, you can't bring in Angelina Love. She's signed with Impact Wrestling. You know, so is her husband. So you're not going to pull them away. And you're certainly not going to make a deal with Impact Wrestling to use her. Um, you're not going to be able to bring in Sienna, who's right now the Global Force Women's Champion. You're not going to be able to bring in some of those talents. You may be able to bring in people like um, 
uh, gosh, what Bully Ray's girlfriend, uh, Velvet Sky, because she's not signed anywhere right now. Rumor is she may be going back to Impact, which would be like beating a dead horse. She's been there 347 times. But you might be able to bring in a Velvet Sky. You throw enough money at her. And Bully Ray's obviously got a good connection with WWE. That's a possibility. Um, they have signed a couple talents. You know, they, they, they signed Yo Shira for the other day from China. They, they've, they've got plenty of talent coming in. But, you know, I hope people understand tuning into the 32-woman tournament that don't go into that expecting to see everybody on Charlotte's level. They're just not. You know, there's not 32 free agents on her level and it's very obvious why that is if they're on her level somebody will have already signed them you know new japan doesn't do a lot with the women's wrestling every once in a blue moon they don't do a lot with women's wrestling so you don't you're not have to worry about free agents there um they've been going to the chinese market they've been going to india they've been going to the united kingdom um they've brought in as much talent i think as they can in those locations um, you can talk to Ring of Honor, seems to have a relatively open line of communication with WWE. There had all the talk earlier this year that uh, Ring of Honor was contemplating some kind of merger or takeover with WWE. Um, so I'm sure there's a way you could probably work a deal with them if you had to. But, you know, when you think about the best women in the world, just on, and I said this in a previous podcast episode, if you just think about the people who are on the Raw and SmackDown rosters, you could fill a good chunk of that 32 without hiring anybody additional. If you factor in the NXT girls, now you have even more that you don't have to factor in. Um, I actually think it would have behooved them to go with a 64-woman tournament, and that way you could have had every one of your female stars had them all win. You didn't have to let any outsiders win. And then you could have gone out and you could have brought in some special appearances like Awesome Kong. You could have brought in somebody like Lisa Marie Verone, you know, Tara, Victoria, whatever you want to call her. Maybe you could have lured somebody like, uh, you know, I don't know, Beth Phoenix to come back for one match or um, Trish Stratus, Lita. You know, Lita's made a wrestling appearance for... for um, mcw recently so then you could have focused on that instead because of the way this tournament sounds like it's going to be structured i think we're going to end up seeing a lot of women who you may not even be familiar with and that that's that's going to hurt the ratings in the early rounds um but i think as the rounds go on and i'm i'm assuming because they haven't given us any details i'm assuming people like charlotte and bailey alexa bliss those people are going to be in the tournament can you imagine if that final came down to charlotte versus alexa bliss which i think a lot of people would like for it to come down to or what if that final comes down to somebody like bailey and, and sasha a feud that we really wanted to see um you know there's just so much opportunity there of course after sasha got smashed last week on raw which i still don't understand i don't know if anybody saw there was a big twitter argument back and forth about that over the week um but um i'm not sure how sasha banks is being viewed right now in the back but i know that from a fan standpoint they love the boss you know let give her the ball let her run with it but We'll have to see. I, I don't know. So for that person who sent that email, and I apologize, I don't have the email address in front of me. I, I wanted to make sure I addressed your, your email on this episode. I, I the, the, Don't go into that, that tournament expecting it to be the best thing in the world. It's just like the UK thing. Anybody who did not see, today was the first, or I, I, actually last night was the first episode. I watched it this morning. But last night was the first episode of the United Kingdom's television show on the WWE Network. And... You know, the matches were solid in a British version. Like, they have a different style over there. It looks, it's almost like the first time you ever watched Lucha Libre on, like, AAA or CMLL. If you've never done that, go on YouTube. Look it up. Um, it doesn't look as authentic as WWE wrestling. But there are people who watch Lucha Libre all the time and look at WWE and they think, that looks horrible. What the heck were they doing, you know? So, I th- it takes some getting used to. Myself, I love watching all the videos I can find from XWX, uh, ICW, Progress Wrestling, um, various promotions over there. Uh, I'm, I'm really curious to see what Impact Wrestling does, helping bring back their sports channel program over there. Um, so... It's a different style. If you're someone who has seen a lot of it, you're used to it already, and it was a fantastic show. If you're somebody who hasn't seen that British style all that much, maybe just the earlier this year uh, UK tournament, then you probably aren't as impressed with their their offering as some other people would be. But at the end of the day, it's it's wrestling. You know, if you're a diehard fan like I am, you'll watch anything, no matter how bad it is. Incidentally, on that topic, 
get ready for Glow because Glow is coming back. It's coming to uh, Netflix, and it, they've already got the trailers out. I, I didn't write this into what thing topics I wanted to talk about, but I, I did see a blurb the other day with a new trailer for Glow, Gorgeous Ladies of Wrestling, coming back to, to, to uh, existence. For those of us who are old enough to remember the original Glow, wow, was that some terrible, terrible performances. This was like a women's wrestling company that had skits that make WWE look like Hollywood productions. I mean, it was it was bizarre. You know, they had uh, they had little Fiji and Mount Fiji, this overweight Samoan lady with this look like a Chinese little sister. You know, they had you know Americana with some some long 1980s haired lady in a white outfit. They had uh, was it Colonel Nanuchka? I think was the the Russian chick. You know, they had just all these different funky characters, and it was horrible. The wrestling was terrible. But, oh, I got somebody just popped a comment on it, and I know who this person is. And they said, uh, Big Bad Mama. Big Bad Mama, as you used to say, I'm going to sit on you. Big Bad Mama was a large African-American woman who was pretty much the only one who posed a threat to Mount Fiji. That was like their ongoing feud, Big Bad Mama and Mount Fiji. It was horrible horrible. I'm sure you can find that stuff on YouTube if you go looking for it. What an incredibly bad idea. And in the world of 80s cheesy television shows, it actually was relatively popular. It stuck around for quite a bit of time. So it's funny to see that they're bringing that back. Uh, Try to check out too, and and in previous podcast episodes, I used to give out suggestions for companies to check out if you've never seen them before. I haven't done a lot of that lately because I don't know that that was the most popular segment, but I do want to encourage you. AAW has been putting on some amazing shows. Walter White Wrestling's kickoff show is great. My only concern with Walter White Wrestling is is they don't even know when they're going to book their next show, so I'm not sure how that brand is going to fare, but the first show is fantastic, so who knows. Um, but check out some, try to explore some of these other promotions. And if you don't know who to look up or where to find, just pop on a YouTube and just type in pro wrestling. Or if you want to get a specific company, do a, do a Wikipedia search on pro wrestling companies. You'll get a list. It'll be by country. You can literally go country to country and check out stuff you've never seen before. When you see wrestling in WWE where you got a 20 by 20 ring and the, the, the ropes are all super tight and, you know, the mats are perfect. And then you turn on something from Mumbai, India, and, you know, the, the mats have bumps all over them. They look like they're wrestling on top of, like, car tires and, and blankets. And, you know, their, their ropes are sagging. But they still put on a good match. That That's funky, but that's cool. You know, check out some stuff that you've never seen before. Because there is a lot of it out there. And a lot of it is very cool. And it's totally different from anything you've ever seen before. Don't forget to shoot over to our Patreon page. Patreon.com slash Fro Wrestling Podcast. We would love to have you become a patron of the show. Don't forget to pop on and put your votes in for the 256 Tag Team Tournament Round 2, Blocks 1 through 7. That is at www.frolifeplanning.com slash fanpoll. And if you did not already add it to the memory of your phone, keep our sound offline number 267-642-1160. Keep that added to your cell phone contact list. If you think of something throughout the week that you want me to look into, check into, look up, comment on, whatever. Or if you just want me to give you a shout out. Every once in a while I got to do that because I got to take care of my people. You know, pop in there. Give me some comments. I always appreciate anything you give me. That is all the time we have for this episode. Make sure you check back with us in our next normal podcast episode. I apologize to those who missed this episode because originally I was going to go for Sunday night, forgetting that we got a pay-per-view Sunday night. Backlash is Sunday night, and I will not be around tomorrow night. So I had to get this out there for you guys tonight. I blasted it all over YouTube and and Twitter and and Facebook and everything, trying to let as many people know as possible. Uh, So I hope you were able to tune in tonight. If not, I completely understand, and I apologize. We'll get back on our regular schedule next week, going with the Saturday night thing. But I wanted to make sure I got something out there for you guys. But we will hit all the other episodes this week, our typical Tuesday, Wednesday, Saturday thing. I think that's going to be our pretty much our schedule. Tuesday is when I'm going to put up the Raw results. Wednesday is when I'll put up the SmackDown results. And Saturday is when we'll do our live. And if there's something really awesome that happens throughout the week, we'll throw up sporadic episodes just for the sake of getting the news and rumors out to you guys as fast as I can with my crazy, crazy schedule. But... 
Special thanks, as always, go out to bensound.com and purpleplanet.com for producing all the music and sound effects used throughout today's show. Today's podcast, as always, sponsored in part by Bezel Games, bringing a new friend to family. Game night is easy with sketchy people. Pick up your copy by going to www.thegamecrafter.com slash sketchy people to pick up your copy today. And to alleyrepair.com. Contact Alley Repair today for servicing of all of your classic skee-ball, pinball, and arcade game needs. Be sure to shoot over to our website at www.frolifeplanning.com. And that way, if you are in the market for higher education, you want to go to college, but you're not really sure what to do, we help you with that. We'll help you find your path and get you to the college you're choosing or to the best college available for you based on what your actual needs are. So shoot over to that frolifeplanning.com and we will help you with that path to higher education. And as always... I'm Fred Froelich, better known as Mr. Fro. I want to thank you for taking a few moments with us today. If you're looking for more wrestling news and rumors, go to www.tsjsports.com slash WWE for my latest articles on the world of pro wrestling. Until next episode, everybody, take care and have a great night.